And welcome in, everybody, to the ninth edition of the Sports Roundtable on this April 16th, 2019. I'm your host, Aaron Host, sitting alongside Kelly Gamble. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the WVU Spring Game, which happened last Saturday. A bunch of things happened. You saw Neil Brown's offense, how he ran it. A couple things happened during the game. Questions arised uh, from the starting quarterback position, which Neil Brown said at the end of his at the end of the game's press conference that he still has not decided on a starting quarterback. The the new uniforms were unveiled at halftime. Um, we're going to get our thoughts on what we think of the new uniforms. The Mountaineers brought back a fan favorite from years ago that was used in 2012. And then we're going to be wrapping up our discussion this evening talking about WVU baseball and their series win against the number 11 team in the nation, the Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Mountaineers now catapulting into the top 25 standings in NCAA baseball for the first time this season. Kelly, I want to start off with you. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Once again, Aaron, it's always an honor and a privilege to be here to talk sports with you and looking forward to, to what's going to happen here with the, and what has happened with the spring game and what's going to continue to happen with Mountaineer baseball as Mountaineer baseball fans are definitely – uh, excited and passionate right now about our baseball team and Coach Maisie. Well, well, let's get started. Let's talk about the blue and gold uh, spring football game this Saturday, or last Saturday. As you guys know, last year's spring game was canceled due to it being snowed out. Dana Holgerson was known for not really liking the spring game, thought it was a waste of time at times. But let's jump into this game. The gold team won 23-7 on the back of a touchdown pass by Austin Kendall to TJ Simmons. We'll get into the discussion of that play right there and how it unfolded. Austin Kendall, a one-yard run for a touchdown as well. And then Dylan Spalding caught a pass from Trey Lowe to make it 23-7. to seven. Uh, Jack Allison did throw a touchdown, the only point scored by the blue team. Both of the defenses looked very stout. The run was non-existent in this game. Both teams seemed like they could not get the run game started. I think overall, for me, it was a, a typical spring game. I thought it was sloppy, yes, but everybody's got to realize you got a new, te- new coach come in, new schematics, new scheme, Everything is new to this team, to the players that used to be here, to the players that are here now, to the players that are coming in. Everything is new to everybody, and that is why there's some sloppy plays. I mean, Austin Kendall, a lot of people are saying Austin Kendall did not look that well, but my argument about that is he's coming in and playing against uh, a team that doesn't even know their coaches that's here now. They're learning new teams. They're, They're learning new faces. And Austin Kendall's learning a whole new thing. Well, Austin Kendall only threw 12 passes, and he completed seven of them for 154 yards. So you can't really look at just the, the seven of 12. And when you look at Jack Allison on the on the other team, on the blue, he threw double the amount of passes. He threw 24 passes, uh, completed 11 for 112 yards. But Austin Kendall, again, only threw 12 passes. So we can't really say that we got a great look at Austin Kendall yet. With that being said, Aaron, as you know, the – uh, the defense, basically, if they just get in the area of the quarterback as well, it's the whistle's blown and the ball is dead. So the play is dead, so you can't really see uh, the athleticism right now maybe of Austin Kendall because of the fact of how the rules are set up for these games. Uh, we do know that he is more um, athletic probably than Jack Allison, but Jack Allison maybe uh, maybe might look a little better with the deep balls. But uh, Austin Kendall did get one 
uh, because of a play action uh, fake that uh, Derek Pitts actually kind of bit on, and T.J. Simmons got loose down the middle for a 60-yard touchdown. So, again, with all that being said, it, it's early. I'm not going to put all the stock into a spring game on whether or not we're going to have a great season or an average season or or a below average, below par season. Uh, with all that being said, though, the good thing about it is we've always been harping on the Mountaineer defense. Well, uh, we got Vic Koning in place right now, and he's made a statement that nobody's going to run on us. And that includes uh, the first-team offense and the second-team offense because the blue had a minus 17-yard net, and the gold had a total of only 81 yards and 32 carries. So, you know, I think it's great that our defense is, is playing and ahead of the offense right now because that's always been our question mark, Aaron, is the defense. So with that being said, I'm excited to know that the Mountaineer defense had a, a great spring game. And, uh, you know, right now the offense may be a little bit behind, but when it comes time for things to get heated up again here in summer, I believe the offense will come around. Well, like we always talked before, <laughs> is the, the defense is always generally ahead of the offense before the offense gets up to snuff. I mean, with Vic Koning, he's a renowned defensive coordinator across college football, so he knows how to run against offenses. He's worked with Neil Brown, and he knows how to attack his offense. Vic Koning essentially has got a, a secret recipe to how to stop Neil Brown's offense. Well, absolutely. There's no, no doubt about that. And the other thing is the offensive line uh, may not look like they was doing too well out there. But, Aaron, if I'm not mistaken, you said there's two starters um, that did not play. Josh Sills and Colton McKivitz is two of our most experienced linemen, and neither one of them played. Is that correct? I know Josh Sills wasn't there. Colton McKivitz, I know. I don't think he played much. Okay, he may not have played a whole lot. So, you know, they, they're playing a lot of players right now, just getting them in and see what they can do. And, again, I don't think we need to take too much stock in the fact of an early season spring game uh, to say that we're really to put where we're going to be when it comes time for regular season. But uh, with that being said, though, um, I think everybody is excited about Mountaineer football with Coach Neil Brown coming in. Uh, he's a no-nonsense coach. I think one of the absences uh, for me that I'm not quite sure and haven't heard, we need that big play receiver. Um, Sam James actually led the the gold team with four receptions for 85 yards. And on the blue side, you had Tevin Bush, who has some experience there, uh, played for the Mountaineers the last two years. He had four catches for 44 yards with a long of 21. And again, you had T.J. Simmons only with the one catch, but he had a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, but we need that big play receiver on the outside. And Marcus Sims has been that man in the past. And uh, hopefully we can get him back when it comes time for uh, – uh, practice to heat up again and uh, before the season starts that Marcus Sims will get back and be that big play receiver on the outside that we need. Well, I think that's one of the big keys for the Mountaineers this year. If you do not have that big play receiver, that's going to make you one-dimensional and it's going to allow the the other Big 12 corners to key on certain players, which could definitely stamp out your offense. It could stop your offense from being as productive to as if you would have that extra player now. I mean... And we got to remember, too, that Coach Brown actually ran the ball more at Troy than he threw it. And so I have heard all spring um, throughout the, the spring that the running backs is their toughest position, the most experienced position. So I got a feeling you're going to see uh, this group of running backs uh, run the ball a whole lot more than what Mountaineer fans have been used to in the past. Well, and I think one thing with the Mountaineers is that Coach Brown has said he is going to establish the run. He wants to establish the run. I think that's the reason a lot of people thought this spring game was a lot less scoring, a lot less offense. It was more of a defensive battle than anything, was because Neil Brown, Neil Brown wanted to establish the run. 
in this game. That's why you saw so many carries, over 40 carries combined for 81 yards. And even with that, I mean, they almost gave up 100 yards in uh, rushing, but still over 40 carries and only giving up 80 yards. That's pretty good for a defense and Vic Koenig's defense who is learning a new system after the longtime defense coordinator Tony Gibson left uh, NC State. Well, I think we loved the three-three-five in the beginning whenever Rich Rodriguez was here. Um, however, over the years, it seems like the fans have gotten a little uh, deterred with the three-three-five, especially in the secondary. Um, so we'll see what happens right now, but I'm excited to see a, a new defensive scheme. Uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Neil Brown will do with not only this year's team, but in time to come with teams the, in the future. And I'm excited about this new edition of Mountaineer football. And again, uh, for all of you out there that look, thought that this was a very sloppy game, don't put too much stock in the spring game because of the rules and the regulations and things. And there could have been a defensive touchdown that they, they stopped that play as well. So basically, they was just kind of manila out there for the spring game. And uh, so, yeah, don't put too much stock in it if you're a Mountaineer fan listening right now and thought that they looked really bad because, uh, again, not all the players were playing. They wasn't playing full speed pretty much from – from what I saw, and you know, so I think we'll be fine. Well, it's all—it's all a very simulated game, I would say. It's a simulated game. They take it easy. The—the the biggest thing I think that happened this year was that there was no huge injuries coming out of the spring practice. Years past, there has been a huge injury that's came out of spring practice that has hurt a player that has inhibited them from playing or limiting their time during a regular portion of their game schedule. Yeah. And and I think that's smart. I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people might think, well, we want to see this new addition. We want to see him go out there and bust heads. And, uh, and Neil Brown's playing it smart. And I think that's a good thing. I think the thing that concerns me the most, to be honest with you, I'm a big special teams guy. And I know that field position means so much. And, and both punters, um, we had Casey Legg that had two punts for an, an average of 32 yards per punt. And Evan Staley, our field goal kicker, uh, he had four punts and only an average of 36.2. He did have a long of 49, but he only had an average of 36.2. We've got to make sure that we turn that field position around and punting and our field goal kicking is going to be something. Now, Staley, again, did a good job last year as a field goal kicker, but we've got to make sure we have a solid punter this year as well. And a lot of people might think that when it comes to punting, you know, who cares? Well, that's a big, big uh point in the game whenever you can turn that field position around. So I'm hoping that our, our punting gets a little better than what, what I've seen there in the spring game. And Casey Legg missed the field goal, too, if yeah. you if you do remember. So, I mean, it, it, it happens that you do need that backup kicker. So how many times does it happen during the year over the course of the season, even though it is only 12 games with the addition of the bowl game or the conference championship game, that you need that extra kicker to go in, a kicker who has the hot hand or, how you say, the hot leg, who has been more accurate. I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't think about depth much when it comes to the punter and your kicker, but you better have a kicker because most, a lot of games, many college football games are won or lost when it comes to um, the special teams. And so you better have a good field goal kicker and a good punter. And if one of them go down, you better have somebody behind them that can also uh, kick field goals and punt. So. You're, you're definitely right, Kelly. And all of that shows that, even with what happened at the spring game, I walked down to the spring game and I caught the man trip. Like as soon as I was walking down, I came to the intersection where you walk over into Ruby. I heard a bunch of lights and sirens or I, I heard sirens. I didn't see the lights just yet. I saw the state trooper come in. I saw two charter buses come in. I was like, well, I was like, I wonder what's happening here. I was like, it's an hour till the, it's 
the gates have already opened. I was like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden you see the team getting out of the buses. They already had full pads on and everything. And Neil Brown was greeted with a round of applause, uh, with a big applause. They touched the coal as they went in. It was a very successful game. No matter what you say, just like what Kelly said, don't take too much stock in it because it is just a spring game. They ran through the drills. It was for a good cause. The portions of the proceeds went to the Children's Hospital at WVU. Um, it was the third highest spring game in attendance, 18,865, coming close to the 2010 when there was 21,029 and 2011 when there was 22,000 even it was a beautiful day for uh, a football game friday the weather was pretty horrible and then sunday the weather was pretty a wash all day and they hit it right with saturday it was a crisp 70 degrees it was sunny not too much wind it says uh, it says it was only two miles per hour wind out of the northeast so i think it was a perfect day for football and everything happened the unveiling of the new uniforms which Kelly, what did you think of the new uniforms? Well, overall, I think the, the the font on the numbers is the biggest issue for me because, uh, you know, sometimes I wear glasses, but I have a hard time making out those numbers. So I'm excited about the fact that we have the the different fonts when it comes to the numbers, and now I'm going to be able to, to make out those numbers a whole lot easier now. That's the most important thing for me, to be honest with you. When it comes to the, the colors and the combinations, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really here as a Mountaineer fan to watch Mountaineer football. But if I'm going to pick a, a color that I guess that I did like, you know, I, I am a traditionalist most of the time with the blue and gold, and I know they did away with the gold helmets. Um, but the gray does look nice if it's gray and gray. Uh, when it comes to the gray on gold or gray on blue, it don't look as good, I don't think. But the, the gray looks nice because it's trimmed in the gold on the outside of the numbers, which I think is really, really nice. And it's nice that they added a little kick with the, West, the WV on the hip. Um, so, but other than that, uh, the b biggest thing for me was I'm going to be able to make out those numbers and that's a big deal for me. I was honestly under, I was, uh, I, I was under excited about it. I was not impressed. They had two years to make these uniforms. The only thing I do like about them is they do look more clean. They do look more professional. They're not trying to be outstanding with the flashy fonts or the extra collars are added to the jersey. They're straight. It's a plain look. It's clean. It's professional. It's it's concise to just that's the collar. It's blue and gold. If it's a gold jersey, it's blue numbers. If it's a blue jersey, it's gold numbers. And that's it. There's It's not differentiating from any other collars. They didn't add any stripes to the pants. I like it that it's a straight collar in the pants. But the biggest thing that I thought, I was like, wow, when they came out of those, when they came out for the introduction of those uniforms, I was like, when I first saw them, I was like, what's the difference? Not too much of a difference. The overall design of the jersey itself, how it fits on those players and how it looks is almost exactly the same. I think that's the reason it was so underwhelming was because everybody expected expected this big reveal where the uniforms were I think a lot of people thought the uniforms were going to change drastically yeah. and they didn't. No, there wasn't a whole lot of change. When I first saw it, uh I was like, you know, I, I don't see much difference other than uh the pickaxe numbers are no longer there. And with that being said, like I said, the main thing for me, uh Aaron, as we talked about before we came on for this podcast, for me it's about the heart underneath of that uniform. And these kids want to play for Mountaineer Nation. And, you know, I hope that kids aren't actually coming to a college based on the uniforms. Because, you know, whenever you're a kid, a lot of times you want to pick games. Whenever you're on those video games, you want to pick the team that has the, the coolest looking uniforms. So to me, it's not always about the uniform. It's about the heart that's underneath of those jerseys and those pads. And, uh, 
and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Neil Brown instilling into this group of kids a great work ethic. He's going to want to choose kids in his recruiting that has a great heart and that wants to play for Mountaineer Nation, and that's what I'm most excited about. Well, as I've heard from multiple people, multiple podcasts, I'm always just listening and just eating up all the sports information that I can. A lot of people have talked about it does not matter what that jersey looks like if you're losing. It could be the flashiest jersey in the world, but if you are losing, it stinks to have that jersey on. It is it is just horrible to watch the team. If they're losing, it, it, nothing looks good on you if you're losing. Now, if you are winning, it doesn't matter if you have the most ridiculous color scheme in the world. If you are winning and you are winning with that uniform, keep it and well, ride with it. When I was in high school, we had a basketball coach that was kind of a Bobby Knight disciple, and he said, you're playing for the name across your chest. And, you know, we're not playing for ourselves. We're playing as a team. And, again, we know the old saying that there's no I in team, but we are playing for the name across our chest at that time. And, and that's, again, Mountaineer Nation, West Virginia football, come out, um, the blue collar, um, carry your lunch pail, t- so to speak. Um, we're playing for the state of West Virginia, and I think that Neil Brown, is buying, he's, he's got his kids to buy into that, as does, you know, Bob Huggins. You know, he was very disappointed this year. Again, we're not going to talk basketball tonight, but – Bob Huggins is big on these kids playing for the state of West Virginia, as is Neil Brown. And so, again, I look forward to uh, this young uh, team to uh, progress along the way. And uh, I'm getting excited already for the first home opener. I am, too. And Neil Brown, he has basically shown to these players, if you are not bought into the system, he doesn't want you here. If you are not totally bought in, and that is good, that is where you can turn a three-star player into where he looks like a five-star player. If he's bought into that system and he wants to play for that coach, he's going to give 150% out on that field. Folks, I want to remind you that today's edition of the podcast is being brought to you by Shortcuts in Morgantown, offering a $12 haircut on Tuesdays. Three Guys Fitness in Reedsville, where if you mention you heard this ad on 96.7 K-Country, you get $5 off your initial membership fee, and also Brouhaha in Kingwood, where the coffee beans are roasted in-house and the coffee is absolutely delicious. I want to transition into our second segment now where we're talking WVU baseball, where they broke a record this Saturday setting the new attendance record, breaking the record of old that was set a couple weeks earlier against Pitt. They beat the record by seven. The total counted attendance on Saturday was 3,494 where they won on a walk-off walk with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning going into that game tied. It was a very exciting game. The game did not get out, out of control. All three games were very well-pitched games, and I think the excitement around this team, the Mountaineer baseball team, is starting to peak. It's starting to come around that, hey, we are a baseball baseball school. Randy Mazie has redesigned our image as a baseball Baseball school, part of the reason we were not in the top 25, even when we were being successful, is because we were never really a baseball team. And now that we are, we're starting to get the national recognition that these kids deserve out there on that field. Alex Manoa pitching absolutely astounding. He he won another All-American, if I'm correct. Two, two weeks in a row, Big 12 Player of the Week, uh, which makes him nominated then for um, player um, – in all of college baseball. Now, whether or not he hit that award, I'm not sure about that, but I do know the last two weeks he's been the Big 12 Player of the Week. Well, not an MVP. I'm not talking MVP. I think he got preseason All-American at the beginning of this season. Yes, he did. And And, uh, Alec Manoa, 15 strikeouts in a complete game. 
Uh, a shutout of Texas Tech, who is a team that is well known for their offense, and that is the first time that Texas Tech has been shut out in 70 games. So Alec Manoa to shut out Texas Tech Red Raiders, who is a hitting machine, uh, was one heck of, a, of an accomplishment. I had the opportunity to watch it on live stream. Aaron, um, you was there on that Saturday game, though, that they had to walk off 4-3 win, which can, gave them the guaranteed uh, victory in the series. They did lose 3 nothing on Sunday, uh, but to take two out of three, they have now taken two out of three from Oklahoma, who was ranked, Oklahoma State, who was ranked, and now Texas Tech, who is ranked 11th in the country. So we have won two out of three in those last three series. We have set ourselves up in good position right now. Uh, we're, we're only a game and a half out of first place. Uh, Baylor is the only team that really uh, uh, the Mountaineers kind of stumbled against, and uh, Baylor swept the Mountaineers, and Baylor is the number one team in the Big 12. However, we have a great opportunity because all of the teams that we have played that was above us, uh, we have already won three series. And then so we have the lower tier teams coming in. Now, we don't want to take anyone for granted because I've actually seen that Kansas, they have a good pitcher and they have also the leading home run hitter. So we still have series with Kansas. Kansas State and Texas, so we still got some work to do, but we have a great opportunity because we have the tiebreaker to get at least a second seed, and anything can happen, and we could end up even in that number one seed. So I'm looking forward to the end of the season, uh, but you happen to be there uh, in the attendance record, and I was part of the attendance record for a short time, for about 10 days. Uh, I, was, I was there at the Mountaineer game against Pitt when they had a non-conference game against ACC team, uh, the Pitt Panthers, when we won 5-4. to four. Uh, And so, Aaron... You happen to be one of those fans, and it wasn't that many more, but yet you was part of that. So now you have that honor of being part of the biggest crowd at Montague County Ballpark for the Mountaineers. Well, I don't know if me having my media pass, I don't know if I was actually counted oh, toward the actual, to the actual attendance record. Now, I was a student. I could have walked in as a student either way. Um, they may have clicked it when I showed them my student ID as well. So I, I don't know that that'll be something I'll be forever lost uh, for me. If I was actually the 394th person or 3000, 3,494th person to be in there. I, I never, we'll never know. Well, either way, it's great for you to have that opportunity, uh, as a Mountaineer, um, student and to be able to go on behalf of 96.7, um, WKMM and to be a, or sports director, and we're we're proud of you, and you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, but the Mountaineer baseball team right now is definitely making West Virginia proud. They've jumped into the top 25, as you mentioned. There is like six different polls, and we're anywhere from 20 to 25, with 20 being our highest ranking right now. And there's no doubt that beating three ranked teams from the Big 12 and back to back to back series, and winning two out of three, and all of those. And anytime you have a starting pitching staff that we have right now we have an opportunity to go somewhere this year and make some noise. And I don't think there's a whole lot of people that's looking forward to facing Mr. Manoa right now, as well as uh, um, Jackson Wolf and Cade Stroud. They have all three been great in Big 12 games this year. Cade Stroud has to get a little bit better with his walks ratio. Um, when he gets that under control, he's as good as third-day pitcher when it comes to the Big 12 as probably that any team has. So, uh, And, again, we got speed. We're one. Of, I think we're in the top 20 in stolen bases right now in the nation. The, the one thing that I think that we have to do is we've got to hit a little better for the average with uh, Tevin Tucker um, at, the, at the bottom of the lineup. Um, 
and also Kevin Brophy. Kevin Brophy's hit, I believe, six or seven home runs, but he's only hitting 181. So we got to get a little better average from the lower part of the batting order. But the, the top of the order uh, right now is doing great. Tyler Dones, uh, you got uh, Darius Hill, who has so much experience, and he's doing a wonderful job. He scored both runs in that game that they won two to nothing, as again, Alec Manoa pitched a complete game uh, with 15 strikeouts. Um, so, and then you have McIntosh right now that is, is hitting the ball really well. He looks like a baseball player. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does in, in his future. So, you know, speed, pitching, defense, that's what wins baseball games. And right now they have uh, everything right now going for them. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. They have a big game with Penn State tomorrow night, a non-conference. And then the Kansas Jayhawks come in to Morgantown, Montague County Ballpark for another three uh, game series, and I'm looking forward to it and believing that uh, we're going to win that non-conference game and get a three-game sweep against the Jayhawks. I think the Mountaineers got the momentum going into this series, going into the series against Penn State, the one-game non-conference game, the series going against Kansas. I think they got so much good energy and vibe around this team that this team's uh, out to set, out to put teams on notice that the Mountaineers are for real this year. And I think what Randy Maisie has done is really redesigning the image of the Mountaineers. It's going to start bringing in high-level prospects. The new baseball stadium that they that they share with the West Virginia Black Bears is a lot better than Holly Field. And I think Holly Field was part of the reason the Mountaineers never really got huge prospects. Because not many people want to come play and dress at a separate location and walk over to Holly Field, that that played a big factor into it. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, we actually have that home field advantage is now there because the Mountaineers are 11-2 and at home this year with the loss to Texas Tech there on Sunday as well as Oklahoma winning one game in Morgantown. But we are 11-2 and at home. And who wouldn't want to play as a college kid in in a minor league stadium? You know, this is the home of the Mountaineers, though, as well. So we're not, uh, you know, we're sharing this with the Black Bears, but this is the Mountaineers stadium, and it's an honor to know that these kids are there with the opportunity to know that right behind them is coming minor league ball players who one day will be in the professional ranks. And Mountaineers have some players on this year's team that's going to be drafted. And there's no doubt about it. Alex Manoa for sure will be drafted this year. He's got. A future. He's got big money coming his way if everything goes right with going to the MLB. Uh, Means for the Baltimore Orioles made his debut. Uh, former Mountaineer pitcher. Um, I know. I think I was uh, about a week or about a week ago. He made his debut. So Mountaineer baseball players have made it into the major leagues. Jimmy Galuski from Preston. Preston High, our alma mater, Chicago he's, White Sox, he's drafted in, he's, him, and he's in the minor leagues, I believe, in Montana right now. Uh, so yeah, but not only that, some of the some of these players have actually come up and made the major leagues. Jed Jerko, University High product, um, you know he's he's done very well in in the major leagues. And uh, Steve Klein uh, was a pitcher for the Mountaineers. And there's been some other kids or relievers that played for Morgantown Post too, out of the local area down here at University High. Another teammate of Jed Jerko, um, Judy Josh Judy actually made the major leagues and uh, played a, a few games in the majors. So. Uh, the Mountaineers are definitely making a name for themselves, and I'm looking forward to some of these prospects. And I think that we're going to see more and more uh, Major League Baseball prospects through uh, Coach Randy Maisie and these Mountaineers. I'm just, again, I'm really excited. I've been paying attention to this team all year long. I've watched as many games as I could watch live streamed as well as going to a couple. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the end of the season and uh, the Big 12 championships as well as uh, right now it looks as though the Mountaineers would, would be if they do not win uh, the Big 12 
title, if they continue to roll and, and do what they're supposed to do against Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas, as well as their non-conference games, we got a great opportunity this year to be an at-large team. And that's only happened a couple times over the years here. So uh, looking forward to it, Aaron. I think the one thing I want to say with uh, Neil Brown, Bob Huggins, the women's soccer coach, Nick Izzo-Brown, Randy Mazie, I feel a good vibe that's coming around here. We're starting to get national attention. Morgantown's being put on the spot. Neil Brown is redesigning the image of the Mountaineers. A total overhaul of what Dana Holgerson done. No discrediting to him. He's just changing the image into more of his likeness. Randy Mazie has put the Mountaineers on spot. Bob Huggins has gotten some huge recruits. One transfer this week that's really going to help the Mountaineers out this year. The women's soccer team is constantly in the top five, and one year was a runner-up in the national title yep. game. The The rifle team just held the national championships back in March at the Coliseum. Runner-up. They were runner-up in that one as well. So the Mountaineers are starting to become a pretty dominant figure in the national spotlight when it comes to Division One athletics. And I think it's just an exciting time for the Mountaineers. I don't want to say it's all because of Neil Brown, but if Neil Brown was not here this year, things would be looking a little bit different for the Mountaineers going into football season next year with Dana Holgerson coming back with no Will Greer, no David Sills, no Gary Jennings, no David Long. It would have a totally different feel even with Austin Kendall here. I agree, and Trevon Wesco as well, having that opportunity to hopefully go in the draft. So uh, looking forward to that draft coming up too, and uh, and I know that Chris Westfall wants to get in here and talk a little bit of Mountaineer football as well as uh, the draft and these Mountaineer players to see where they all go. So uh, uh, stay tuned and keep continuing to follow uh, the podcast right here at 96.7 K Country. Can't say that enough. Kelly, I know I didn't uh, ask you this before. I think I did ask you when we were talking in the office about this, after seeing this spring after seeing this spring spring game, and uh, looking over all the stats and reading all the material on it, Mountaineers record at the end of the year. If you if you could make a bold prediction, any kind of vague prediction, you don't have to give a record. How do you think they're going to perform this year? And do you think they will make a bowl game? I'm still. I'm going to give you a record because it's the same thing that I spoke on the sports blitz at the end of our sports sports blitz um, season. I'm going to go six and six, seven and five, and yes, you know, at six and six, you make a bowl game. So I do think that there's enough pieces right there, and with Neil Brown uh, leading the charge, I do think that the Mountaineers will go to a bowl game. And I'm not going to take into consideration these stats because again, it's just you can't put the stock again in the spring game. Uh, we may not have looked good offensively, but I do think that our defense is going to look better than what anybody could imagine. So I think the Mountaineer defense is going to step up. And that's a big statement for me because, as you know, all year on the sports blitz, uh, I've been disappointed with the Big 12 in general as far as the defense goes. But I do think that the defenses are going to start getting a little bit better and we're going to see a little bit different version of the Big 12 football right now. And I think we're going to see – uh, better defenses, and if the Big 12 is ever going to win a national title, they're going to have to be an all-around team and not just have an air raid. They're going to have to play defense as well. So I'm looking forward to the Mountaineer defense, and I think we're going to see a little better defense on the field this year. I'm going to come down on my prediction. I'm actually – I said an overwhelming number. I said 10-2 and two with losses against Missouri and Iowa State. I am going to come down on that by a big amount. I'm going to say 7-5. and five. And they're going to win the bowl game, which will make them eight and five once they win the bowl game. So I'm coming down on that. I think I think they'll lose to Iowa State. 
I think they may fall to Missouri again. I think Kansas is maybe a surprising upset this year. We're playing in Kansas. Les Miles is there. Les Miles is known for his defense. I think that could be an upset. I think Neil Brown's biggest win this year, he can hang his hat on everything, is he's going to upset Oklahoma in Norman. Hey, I, I want to see it because that's the one that's the one thing that we haven't done since we've been in the Big 12. Uh, we've beaten every other team in Big 12 conference except Oklahoma, so – Hey, I would love to see it happen. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that bold and say that that's gonna happen right now. But uh, kudos to you for making that prediction, and uh, um, I'm right with you. I hope it happens, but I'm not gonna go out on a limb right now and uh, say that we're gonna defeat Oklahoma. But uh, I'm looking forward again to this season and the future of Mountaineer football under uh, Neil Brown. It, it, for me, it's really, it really was different for me leaving Mountaineer Mountaineer Stadium on Saturday knowing that I will not be back in that stadium till August 31st it's uh it's kind of like a movie trailer that I watched uh you just got to wait till August for the actual movie to come out and see how it plays out come August 31st the start of spring or start of fall camp and the fall um folks with that we've ran out of time for this evening I want to thank our sponsors three guys fitness in Reedsville Mention you heard this ad on 96.7. Receive $5 off your initial membership fee. Also, Shortcuts in Morgantown, where you can get a $12 haircut on Tuesdays, the closest barbershop to the downtown campus of WVU. And I also want to thank Brouhaha in Kingwood, where the coffee beans are roasted in-house and the coffee beans is delicious. A special shout out to Robert Flores, who made the artwork design that you see on your screen, uh, the sports roundtable design. I want to thank Kelly Gamble for being a commentator in this one, helping out bring the sports roundtable where it is right now. For Kelly Gamble, I am Aaron Host, signing off till next week. Thank you.